Hey, 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 Brivy Smith here, and welcome to another episode of the Enrichment Talks podcast. I'm joined here today with my lovely co-host. I got JJ Rush. Hey, girl, hey. Hey. And the lovely Shakija J. Hey. How are you ladies feeling today? I'm good. I'm chilling. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Now, listen, I know, JJ, this topic, you... You, you have a lot to say. So, audience, uh, JJ is very passionate about this topic. This is something that we've talked about in various different ways. You might have heard a little, a little sprinkle from last season about, about, <laughs> about this. But I think this is a really interesting topic, something that we wanted to talk about last season but didn't get an opportunity. So, today's topic is basically, and it's going to probably be a part two to this, but this is basically post-Christian society um, or post-Christian culture. And so we're going to ask basically two questions that I want you guys to think about while you're listening to us. Why do you think people that grew up in Christianity are leaving the church or faith? And the second question is, how can we help change the narrative of what it means to be a modern Christian? So those are two questions that we'll be addressing in this episode. Um, and I found a quote I thought, I liked it. It's a scripture, but I, I really thought it was fitting. So... Uh, the scripture is Romans 12 and 9, and it says, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. So I thought that was fitting just based on my thoughts about some of these questions. Um, since you are so passionate, we're going to address the first question. Uh, why do you think people are, people that grew up in Christianity are leaving? And I'll allow Miss JJ Rush to... <laughs> get some of this off of her chest because she's like really passionate about this so go ahead jj let us let us know why do you think this is happening because christians are toxic but see i mean just like i was prepared i grew up in a covid church sometimes band friday night prayer tuesday afternoon coming from school prayer shut-ins revivals convocations everything like my mom is a missionary. We are literally like coaches. You got to be born into this. You cannot just join into this. It is something real. And as I grew up, I remember when I first got my first little job, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't want to go to church. And then, you know, I stopped going to church as I got older. And currently now, I do not go to church. I don't take my child to church. And it's really just because as you leave church and, like, your life is not so surrounded by church, you come to realize that everything that you're hearing on Sunday Sometimes it's just not real life. Like, yes, you know what the Bible says. Yes, God is good. Yes, you know, we should follow the commandments and everything. But it's like certain things, the way you dress or sometimes the music you listen to or the people you hang around are not as bad as at least how I grew up, they make it seem. Like, I feel like it's okay to have friends who are not all Christian. We may not all have the same upbringing. And when I went to college, I came to realize that not everybody went to church on Sunday. Or some people just were holiday, you know, church people. And not everyone wants to wear skirts down to their knees. And not everyone can recite scripture from Genesis to Revelation. But that don't make them bad people. You know, it's like you have to love people for who they are. And sometimes God meets you where you are. And I think that, like, you know, I dibbled and dabbled with saying, like, okay, am I a Christian or am I just spiritual? Because, like, I love the Lord. I can pray. You know, I love listening to Christian music. Like, I enjoy worshiping. But I don't really think that, you know, you have to live 
the straight and narrow. And I don't believe there's more than one way to heaven. I don't believe that there's more than one God. But I do believe that there is more than one way to live your life. And growing up Christian, growing up with these strict rules, being ridiculed. Like, I went to church with all the preachers. And it was just like, everyone watching you, like, you're a preacher's kid, but you do this. And it's like, Lord, can I live my life? It's Tuesday. I'm just trying to chill with my friends. Like, I'm sorry. Did you expect me to be wearing my white dress on Tuesday and, you know, singing Sunshine Band and praise dancing? My bad, y'all. And I feel like growing up Christian, growing up in the church, you always feel like you're being watched. Like, you're always under a microscope. Like, oh, you don't want to participate in this. You don't want to do that. Like, oh, you must not love the Lord. And honestly, I don't think that's true. I think that's why a lot of us who grow up in church, who really grew up in church, it wasn't just an Easter, Christmas type of thing. Like, you are Kojic or you are a Christian. Like, you lived this. You breathed this. Excuse me. You live and breathe this, you get tired of just feeling like you're under a microscope and that you always like a circus act. Like you always got to be 10 toes down for Jesus. You can't just be out hanging out with your friends, living your life. And it's exhausting. It's really exhausting with growing up with this type of pressure to be perfect. Like Christian kids, soldier kids, even preacher's kids, you're always expected to be perfect. And that right there is one of the main reasons why I do not go to church. Because it's too much judgment. Okay. The judgment gets you too. Um, all right. So I would say, you know, I did some research <laughs> real quick on it. And from what I'm getting, and this kind of fits me um, a lot more. I think this is more where a lot of people can understand. Man, that is kind of why, potentially why I left the church. I grew up in a church as well. Um, I wasn't a Kojic or anything like that. I mean, I went to non-denominational churches when I grew up. Um, I am now with the Assembly of God. Um, but five main reasons that I've seen through doing some research that keep popping up. The first reason we typically leave the church is because we aren't we aren't being helped to find answers to the hard questions. We're asking questions, but we're being shunned out well it's like you don't really need to know well how am I supposed to learn or grow in my faith and walk with God if you're not asking these answering these questions that I'm asking you um the second reason is we are spending more time teaching them to be good than we are teaching them what it means to follow Jesus so we have all these rules and regulations and this is why I say that I hate religion but I love Jesus Christ because religion tells you that you have to do all of these things and if you do all of these things then um jesus will love you and you'll make it to heaven we will not make it to heaven off of good works it's not gonna happen the third reason that it's a reason why is they can we can see behind the mask what a lot of um pastors and ministers don't understand is that as we're growing up we're being vigilant. We're watching. We can see you're doing one thing. You're preaching one thing, but you're doing a completely different other thing. So if you up here preaching to me, but you're doing a complete opposite when I see you outside of church, how am I supposed to follow this? The fourth reason is we are emphasizing rules over relationship. And that's a big thing, too, is that um, for me growing up in the Christian faith, it was all of these rules. You can't do this. You shouldn't do this or that. And instead of telling me that, um, walking this Christian walk is about building a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, how am I supposed to build that relationship? And the fifth thing 
is that we aren't helping them develop deep, long-lasting connections in a church. It's just more so superficial. So what's the point of me going when it's just going to be superficial and I'm not really learning anything? You won't answer my questions. I might as well just go out in the world and figure it out myself and to follow Jesus. Right. Yeah. And I I can agree with both of you. I think, like, um, both of you made some very valid points that I think, like you, like you, Shakidra, there, there's actually, like, research polls. Um, and when it comes to, like, millennials and Generation Z, just the idea of religion and how things are viewed for various different reasons is just so much different. I think the biggest thing, when people talk about church hurt, but for us, it looks a little bit different. It is more so, like, like you said, Shakidra, well, Pastor said you're not supposed to do this, but why is it this huge scandal? You know that you got <laughs> somebody. Why is it about? Right, you know, like why is this happening? And then when it comes to the body of Christ, meaning like not just maybe your personal church, but if it is Kojic or if it is you know Baptist Southern Baptist Conference, and there's these different pastors and leaders they will call that person out but quickly try to sweep it under the rug or sometimes it's never addressed. Mm-hmm. And so I think with our generation, accountability leadership is a huge thing. Um, I think also a lot of us see that there are so many different social issues in the world, hunger, people in other countries that just don't even have proper housing or even water. And we look at the machine of religion, right? Well, if a pastor can afford to buy a jet, surely we could afford to help, you know, this developing country get water. And I think as our generation being more social versus some of the previous generations, I think it's just like a combination of things that people are just like, well, if this is with quote unquote Christianity, I'd rather not be a part of something that's hypocritical, hypocritical and it's honestly not making the world a better place just by looking at what we have as examples sometimes, and that would a lot of times, unfortunately, be mega pastors. It would be well-known, you know, traveling pastors. I mean, the Benny Hens and Peter Popoffs that are on TV that are selling people magical water and healing, you know, cloths, those type of people, like our generation, we can kind of see through that. But if you, like you said, um, Shakidra and you JJ like if you watched your grandmother or your mother sold money into those type of ministries with the hope of being able to pay a bill or or healing and you didn't see anything come to pass I think that that's in a sense like again I don't want to be a part of that like you feel you've been lied to like you feel like you're telling me to sow 10% and you're telling me to you know bless it and run it over he's gonna return it back a hundredfold and we saying these prayers and we're prophesizing we're giving these special offerings and the people still got four full houses right people still can't feed their family and i think like what you said about leadership and i have a quick story i went to one convocation and mama if you listen to this or my brother girlfriend i'm about to tell y'all business so <laughs> i went to a convocation and my brother he was um that was not his girlfriend at the time but she was dating well-known deacon and they were dating, like, together for years. He was in the church. She was in the church. We had this convocation. And he stands up. And, then, you know, the, well, the pastor's like, you know, we had a special wedding, everything. So we go, oh, that's so cute. You know, y'all really, like, real Christian. Y'all getting married at the convocation. Well, it was my, now she's my brother's girlfriend. But it was that woman's boyfriend stood up and married another woman. At this convocation. All the, you ever been to a convocation? You know, that's all the churches. So everyone is known, like, you've been dating this one woman for years, at least 
almost 10 years and you just stood up in front of everybody and married another woman and the pastor no one knows all nothing wrong with this being blessed this marriage where clearly you were cheated and stood outside what you had already all this this is worse than what i see going on in schools and everything like you're blessing something that was that was already like we're sitting here praising them giving them an offering for this like outrageous act like you basically publicly broke up as marrying someone else but we about to bless this and i was like i'm never going to church again because this right here i don't know what bible y'all read with um, maybe my king james version wrong but this is not god it's not wrong girl it, it was the acts of others and i think like to our second question like Basically, all of the things that we both all have said, I feel like are true. If anyone's listening to this that has left the church or doesn't believe in going to churches, I'm sure that they can basically relate. So our second question was, how can we help change the narrative of what it means to be, I said modern Christian, but I think for those of us that still are on fire for God, we still have a love for God. We still respect the word. We still respect even the, how can I put this? We still respect order of authority, you know what I'm saying, in Christianity, meaning that we are not necessarily going to stand up and disrespect the pastor, but in the same breath, if a pastor is wrong, I shouldn't have to swallow and hush-hush and ignore certain certain sins or or things that are, are being done wrong. So I don't know which one of you guys want to start that off. I can. I can start it off. So, yeah, I think things that we can look to um, – be a better example is just things that we're doing now, having real deal, transparent conversations. Um, I've mentioned this before on another podcast, but last year I watched a documentary called The American American Gospel. It was on Netflix, but it's no longer on Netflix. Oh, it's nice. now on Amazon um, Prime. Amazon Prime. It's also you can find like a shorter version of it on YouTube. But it was very eye opening, um, in a sense that as a person that understands the Bible, I also grew up in church, um, and I had a lot of questions. I'm one of those people that people would tell me, you can't question God, and I was like, why? Why can't I? Like, why, if, if that's if old with a friend I have, why can't I ask my friend a question? Um, and so I now understand that it's okay to ask certain questions, and I don't feel bad about not knowing something or wanting to understand something better. So if you're listening and this is something that maybe turns you away from being a Christian or wanting to know more about God, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay for, um, I'll even say some things I've talked to different people about that I just don't agree with. I was taught something one way. I've learned the Bible for myself as an adult, and I don't agree with it. And because of that, I'm willing to stand up in front of whoever and says, I know this is what someone says they interpreted the Bible, but the way I understand this scripture or I understand this story, I don't agree with the way that it's written. So it's okay to disagree with leadership or a pastor in an issue, on a certain issue. Um, I guess also, too, like, it's okay. It's okay to have some feelings of doubt about certain things and to go to different places to maybe get answers. And when I say different places, like, I know people say, oh, well, you're supposed to ask only your pastor, right? Because only your pastor is accountable, quote-unquote, for your soul. So don't don't go asking too many people, too many places, different questions. I've heard people say stuff like, you ain't supposed to listen to other pastors. They could be, and I disagree with stuff like that. So I think the biggest thing is just having real deal conversations. Let's basically add some, some human interaction when it comes to learning about different things in the Bible. When it comes to having conversations in the Bible, like, let's be human about it. 
this this religious practices that make everything so like robotic where it's like okay you at church at 9 a.m then you're out by you know 1 a.m and you just been tearing in the spirit and all these different things that a lot of times you do at church like it's okay to have some human contact and interaction with certain ideas and subject matters i think when it comes to christianity Akeja? um what was the question one more time so basically just ways that we can basically make Christianity the narrative of Christianity like more more modern, more more people can understand it. So people are leaving the faith, but how can we do our part to show like as Jonathan McReynolds says, real Christ representers, like how can you really represent Christ? Alright. So as a new millennial, I think for me the best way to represent Christ is by my actions. The number one way. Um how I act when I'm interacting with anyone should resemble how Jesus would act would act or talk to those people. Now, am I perfect? I am not perfect. Do I fumble? Heck, yeah, I fumble all the time with some of my interactions. Um, but that's the beauty of being able to fumble, but being able to repent and still being able to get back up and walk that walk and still have faith in God to show people who have walked away um i also think that if you have questions if you feel like your answers are just not being asked go ask somebody else because as a scientist if i feel it ain't suffice enough trust me i'm gonna find somebody else like someone's gonna give me the answers to what i'm looking for and um I'm grateful for where I go to church at because if my pastors within my church, if they don't have the answer, I don't know it, but I think the person who has the better answer is for you to go and talk to the person. I'll use Pastor J.P. Dorsey. Hi, J.P. Um, talk to uh, Pastor J.P. Dorsey or so forth. And so, um, and they're always willing to um answer my questions i can tell you that they'd be giving me long lists i have answered and i'd be like but what about this and then they come back with a whole nother list and so it continues to help me walk that walk with jesus and to continue to build that relationship and as i continue to grow in jesus christ i can exemplify that through my actions out with other individuals which should then later on bring those people into a relationship with jesus christ so um it's really just taking all of the reasons that i talked about which why we left right and kind of doing the opposite that's 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 simple way yet efficient i would say that so i can agree with that jj did you have anything you wanted to add um being who you say you are like you don't have to be the perfect christian for you saved to christ you know you don't pretend to be something that you're not because people who are leaving the church or who are you know church trauma they want someone to be real with them you know and you don't always have to like throw the bible at them i think that's like there's many people like in my age group i mean when you're older and you've like been there done that and you know who you are in your christianity like you're strong in every way when you're younger and you've gone through things like i have a child and i'm not married so like those type of things are not acceptable but when you meet people in the church who kind of make you feel more welcome you know you're able to go, oh, okay, like, everyone's not, like, from my previous church or, like, my previous upbringing. 
but you want to be warm to people. Like, if you are meeting someone who's like, oh, I used to be a Christian, like, no, I don't really do that no more. And, you know, you're just, like, welcoming them and, like, talking to them and everything doesn't have, I call it Bible thumping. Like, everything does not need to be, like, a Bible verse thrown at them. Some people don't understand that. You know, Bible verses are really hard to understand, you know, sometimes. So not everyone has that, you know, mind to be like, oh, okay, like, I can go read Romans and understand. Like, no, just tell me what it is and, and you know, explain it to me in plain terms. Like, for some people, looking at the Bible is like reading, you know, Greek. Like, you don't know what's going on. So that's the way we can be better. Um, being more loving, I feel like it's hard sometimes, like, because you, you know, we hear love thy neighbor, but, like, unless your neighbor is living like you, sometimes you're often, like, very cold-hearted. Love thy neighbor, love everyone, you know, no matter if they're gay, straight, if they're orange, green, or purple, like, you're supposed to welcome them with love because you don't know what journey God is taking them on and why he has them going through this phase in their life or why they ran into you. Right. You could be that person to bring someone back to Christ, but you have you don't you don't want to just be like oh well, I mean you can't do that way because you just said so. Like help them grow, help them grow, help them learn. The like, Bible says okay. right. If people tell you what the Bible right. says, like okay, well the Bible says this, okay, but like right. I know what it says. It's plastered everywhere. <laughs> Give me right. something else. Right. So I think I think like basically to summarize, if you're listening to this and you've left the church, uh. Please understand that the people that you may have encountered that hurt you probably were not real representatives of Christ. Um, unfortunately, there are a lot of hypocrites, um, a lot of people that use the Bible as a weapon, and those people are not representatives of Christ. And so I think the biggest thing, if you are a part of the body of Christ and you do consider yourself a Christian, the most important thing to remember that the Bible tell us tells us the greatest thing like is love, right? That that's that is really what we're called to do is to love people. Of course, there are things in the Bible that I believe wholeheartedly we should follow because God made sure those things were there for our protection. But like JJ said, if someone's coming to you and they're saying they're battling depression, to throw a bunch of Bible scripture that someone is at their lowest point in life really is counterproductive and that's really not the best way to show love to them in that situation you know what i'm saying so it's like there has to be a balance but there also like i was saying has to be a human interaction with people that have real human issues and so if i think we each do our part when it comes to being loving like shakiba said being better representatives of christ when we can, just doing our best part. Um, like JJ said, not feeling like you have to be a perfect person because I know we hear that cliche. If you grew up in church, you've heard you've heard that cliche that God doesn't use perfect people. Um, but sometimes it seems that way. It seems like those that are called and that are being used have perfect lives. Their anointing is greater than somebody else's anointing and all these different things. And if you're a person that you're just trying to find your way and find your strength and your identity in Christ, that sometimes does not correlate to you in that particular season of your life. So I think this was a really good episode. Again, it'll probably be a part two because I feel like we didn't have enough time um, to touch base on everything. Um, but yeah, I, I think that we, we covered a lot. So as always, I want to remind you, you can talk yourself into something good or something bad and let go of yesterday. Focus on tomorrow 
but dream big today. We're out. Thank you for listening.